Gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Zero Lift. You're here with Ryan. I don't have a catchy nickname. Lenny. What's up, people? And John. I guess I'm Mr. Soapbox? Yeah, I take <laughs> that. Mr. Zero Lift, Mr. Soapbox, and Mr. Man of the People. I guess we all do have cool <laughs> nicknames now. <laughs> Tonight, uh, we'll be talking about the uh, Nissan boys want to go be special. The Toyota boys want to go... F- Fast. And John picks a car that breaks from tradition, so it should be quite interesting. He had a hard time giving us a hint that didn't give away the car. We'll find out more about that later. For right now, we're going to talk about what we've done this week. And before we get into that, I'd like to suggest that you like, comment, and subscribe to us if you haven't already. Uh, I really do appreciate the steady listeners we've had. Jump on that early bandwagon train and listen to us every Wednesday morning when we put up these episodes. Or you can catch us on Twitter or Instagram at zeroliftpodcast.eth. Lenny here will be posting some cool pictures from uh, what we're talking about this week. So shout out to those listeners over at Twitter and NFT land over there. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. So uh, Lenny, you said that you saw a pretty cool car, but not a very cool driver this week uh, before we started the episode. I'd like to hear more about this. Uh, Yeah, I was driving over the weekend uh, in the Lexus. And it was somewhere in the middle of Roseville, down the busy boulevard. And this red Ferrari 458 Italia comes speeding by me. Okay. Mind you, like when I say boulevard, the speed limit is 50 because it's California and everybody goes. (laughs) Anyway, he was going faster than that. And um, and that's not really a big deal. Like I was like, ooh, why? Nice Ferrari. Then I saw the duckbill wing that he had or lip that he had on the back of it. What, what, what? Yeah, he had, like, I think it was the Liberty Walk uh, duckbill lip or an imitation of it. Ryan, Liberty Walk is a Japanese company that is very famous for cutting up very expensive exotic cars and slapping uh, riveted wide-body kits on them just for funsies, putting on bags. It's pretty unique dope style. It's very Very Japanese. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I soapbox the Liberty (laughs) Walk and Pandem real quick? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, just no. real quick. Take it away. Here's the deal. The stuff they do to cars looks good because it's like, you know, it's like a it's like a uh it's like a you know, a man with like a V torso, like big lats and shoulders and like a tight waist, or it's like a woman with like big hips and a tight waist. Like like that naturally looks pleasing to the human eye, right? And what car doesn't look better with flares and like a duckbill spoiler? I don't know of any, but, no. but, but <laughs> it's just so derivative. Like every single car gets the same body kit, the same flares, the same spoiler. They make it too low. They put big deep dish rims on it. Like, I'm just yep. tired of it. And I can't deny that they look good. They do. They do look good. I'm just sick of it. It is a unique style of its own, and I, I'm i a fan of it. But I agree when everybody is doing it, it becomes... Moderation is king. Yeah, it, it becomes a little washed up, in my opinion. Um, and so, like, Liberty Walk specifically, I think I'm a... I'm a Big fan of uh, of them. I've met the owner a few times at Test, like just having a random conversation, just walked up to him because he's so 
personable and friendly. Like he's just that kind of dude. Uh, and I just want to point that out there. And he's listening. Good. Yeah, he's and and I mean he he builds crazy cars, and I just love his don't give a fuck attitude about it. Like his vision on these is great. I don't care how how much these cars are worth or you know the purists think about it i'm gonna do what i want and it's gonna be my style these are and, you know, like, cars boys they're like caricature like the perfect ultimate caricatures of car yeah. drawings like Beautiful. that you you had as a kid anyway i saw this ferrari italia with the duck bill it did not have a, the wide body kit on it it just had the duck bill and i it was just like so shittily put on there um i'm just it just wow it it wasn't it didn't look good. Oh, it didn't was, look good. Was it not like it wasn't like taped right? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it had like a little bit of waviness on it, so it was like an FRP replica. And like to have a four five eight Italia, then to put a replica Liberty Walk Duckbill, like you cannot put. Come wavy, on, bro. You can't put wavy on, fiberglass man. on a Ferrari. I I'm so some so, so some D bag driving a four five eight that did a shoddy wannabe to a classic body mod shop driving like a d-bag down a boulevard in yep. northeast through, Rose, through roseville well you gotta think like that sounds normal to california to me it was it next to like five teslas because that sounds like california here's what there I'm were saying. a lot of teslas there here's yeah. what I'm, here's what i'm saying man putting a japanese tuner type modification on your ferrari is kind of like wearing leather pants it can look good. It's possible. It's possible. But it takes a certain kind of guy, a certain kind of confidence. You got to do it just right. You got to do it just right to pull it off. And most people can't. So you just got to really be careful because those mods are tend to be of like an echelon below the car. But they kind of have a cult status and a street cred status. So it's like, you can do it, but man, the execution's got to be flawless. Otherwise, you're going to look like a dumbass. If he was wear- wearing leather pants, he was wearing assless chaps. There you go. Absolutely. Assless chaps. <laughs> All right. So, Lenny, you saw an assless chap 458 where uh, on the boulevards, Northeast yeah. Sacramento. What, but besides, cool besides that, uh, I bought a new part for the GTR. Uh, Does, can you drive it? Not yet because Whoa. it hasn't come in. <laughs> Whoa. But it's a new <laughs> Yeah. It's basically a new uh rack and pinion uh setup. So uh, when, does that get you closer to driving it? Yes. Okay, good. So my power steering rack is leaking and that's one of the reasons why I, I don't drive it right now. And Your it's leaking from a part that it Yeah. So like the steering rack? Mm. It's leaking power steering fluid from a part that it shouldn't. Gotcha. Hey, we um, have that in common. My Honda Odyssey also needs uh, power steering replaced. Uh, the hose is leaking. So, yeah. So I, I, I spent, I think it was like eighteen hundred bucks. Oh my! Uh, from, yikes, yeah. bro. That's about right, though. I mean, it's that's and power steering stuff is like very minimal on what you need, but. Can get expensive quick for some reason yeah especially when you're talking something that's discontinued i just found out from nissan oh so wow really a little bit of a tax attached to that Oof. so what happens when that starts degrading on all modern gtrs then uh for the folks at home drank 
What's ha- uh, what happens well, when so all those are discontinued? Usually, you could just swap it out for you know swap out the core. So you, you would give your broken one to the per- to the manufacturer for, or whoever you're buying the new one from, and they would get it refurbished, and that's how the cycle goes. But I couldn't find someone to do that here in America, so I just had to buy one outright, and that in itself uh, was the price increase as well. So uh, you would get a discount for returning the core usually. That makes sense. Mm. Yes. So, John, so, you also spent some money on parts as well. Uh, yeah. Though, for something that has two wheels and not four, which yeah. seems to be a common trend for you. So, yeah. let's talk about the bike parts you bought this week. Look, so the Ducati is pretty much all together. I got all the trick bits on it. It looks fly as hail. Um,. I decided to splurge a little bit, and I got some Sato Racing, which is a Japanese company. Uh, Ooh, Sato Rear Sets, Japanese. yeah, Sato Rear Sets, and they're like an anodized gold. And you know, if you've never seen the Tri Colore, blank, blank, yeah, blank, man. Blank. So if you've never seen the Tri Colore, it's painted like the Italian flag. The wheels and frame, wow. the wheels and frame are like that light kind of bronze magnesium color. Um. And the suspension is all Olin, so it's gold. So it's kind of this crazy smattering of colors, but it in my oh, and everything's carbon fiber. It sounds Italian. Yeah, everything's carbon. Hundred percent Italian. All the bodywork, it's just Italian fenders and like little plastic bits and everything's all carbon. So it's carbon, gold, white, red, green, magnesium, um, and it's just psycho enough to work. So I got these anodized. Got that sounds Italian as all hell. Yeah, so actually, let me show you. I know the <laughs> listeners can't see these rear sets, but. Oh. Yes, John needs to put him on and then he'll take pictures and we're going to put it on Instagram yeah. so we can all make fun of him and his Italian yeah. heritage. Definitely. I'm kind of interested to see how it looks now. Check out yeah. Check out these rear sets, bro. Those oh, are very... Dude. That is yeah. super gold. That is like Cubano is... gold chain type of Italian stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so. It does not surprise me. These are going to look that so That definitely baller. sticks out. That's all. all right. that, that's ballers. All those are going up on Instagram, it. folks. Yep. John will have a picture of those on Insta uh, when we post tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I'll you post will, the. You will I'll, see those. Well, no, I'm going to install them first. So give me like a week, but I'll post the, <coughs> the new, uh, okay. dry, the new gonna, dry clutch then, cover. And This is a tease for the subscribers. John will have them posted <laughs> next week. Uh, Send me a picture of, of the way your bike looks now, and then I'll. I'll post well, it because I kind of want to see it. I haven't not, seen it in a minute. It's not super duper pretty. Like, it's still kind of half torn out. Work in progress is better yeah. than oh, nothing. Okay. I, I got, Let's take a picture. I got, like, custom brake lines and stuff, and I got to bleed the brake and the clutch. I put on new master okay. cylinders, like Brembo Racing master cylinders, and it's got, oh, like, geez. it's like, these master cylinders are so trick, dude. The Like, they're a set diameter, but then the, um, the throw of the piston is adjustable. And that affects the feel at the lever. It yeah, it's super. It's a bunch of super trick stuff. <laughs> All right, John, you've tricked out the Ducati, yeah. and you also said you took a, a little bit of a drive. Um, yeah. So I mean, nothing too serious, but like I had been, you know, I, it's cold here. It's been icy, and I take the GTR out just to kind of keep it from flat spotting, but. Uh, I don't know. The other day, man, I, I went out for brunch and it was sunny out, even though it was like 25 degrees. But um, 
I just got weird around the streets of Fairfax, just kind of got sliding around some corners a little bit and, uh, you know, actually redlined it a few times and stuff. And I just hadn't driven the car in anger in a couple months, really. And I just forgot how much damn fun that car really is. What so, is a GTR uh, redline at? Well, mine redlines at 8,000. The a stock R32 is like 72, 75, something like that. Uh, and mine redlines at 84. Yeah. Um, 8,400. See, see, I... Uh, this, this this really falls into what I, I started this episode off with, that Nissan boys just want to be special. Mine does this. Mine does that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you asked. I mean, I know, be but fair. Like, It'd be fair. Come on, man. So you have to That's think, so... Lenny has a built forged engine I know. with higher lift camshafts. Um, yep. I, I would say our turbo in terms of airflow and compressor flow and stuff is about similar so that also influences the sure. rpm range if anything you're a little bit more efficient possibly yeah uh but you know so mine's a few rpm less it the way i want to build my spare engine if i ever get around to it i would probably set the red line there at nine but i'd probably shift at like eight five um okay but you know it, dep- it just it's power band and what the engine can take and if you're not making power, even if you can rev it to 20,000 RPM, it doesn't do any favors and just wears you out faster. Right. Well, okay. Before we get into the discussion of this evening, I'll talk about what I've done, which is drive a vehicle that, uh, and by a company that likes to rev high. Uh, I've still been in the CRV. Um, I've done another lap up to Rapid City, though, so another uh, 14 hours there and back again into the Black Damn. Hills. Yeah, and you know what I've noticed, though? So, is that uh, this kind of has to do with that's why I asked what a rev to is because I, I put the CRV in sport mode and like I swear the engine in this thing it's it's like a, a you know 4L and inline four but it's like the size of the 17 inch monitor in front of me right this thing is just nasty tiny and yet I put it in sport mode and if I'm like actually throttle controlling and taking off man I'm I'm maxing out the revving now it might have to do with the CTV, uh, CVT manual uh or the transmission on it right and versus manual but also i can put power on this thing and it it goes pretty good where's um, redline where's redline on that seven thousand um and i hit it because of the way that if if you're flooring it and like even getting on if i'm in sport mode it automatically uh idles essentially while you're going like cruise control at 80 at three thousand rpms versus in mm-hmm. normal drive it's a two thousand but if you were to spank it onto an on-ramp uh, and some of the on-ramps here in Nebraska, you have to get up to 70, and you hit it hard, for, you're, you're hitting the red line, and it sounds amazing. It's fun. Um, nice. Yeah, which I do sometimes because you have to. Uh, please accelerate. Please accelerate at speed by the time you hit the road you're going on to from an on-ramp, folks. Uh, for those of us that drive for a living, I would appreciate because that. Because <laughs> Yeah, always zero I keep it pinned a lot, folks. I don't drive in anger. I don't have a fancy GTR drink if you're a, uh, a listener here. Um, but, and then I've been around in the uh, van a lot, too. And, and keeping my minivan, I produce, you know, 250 horse ponies at 5,000 RPM. So it's fun stuff. But otherwise, nothing too exciting. I'm waiting for GT7 to drop. I did watch that. If you guys are Sony fanboys like me and like GT, GT7 did release their 30-minute clip of uh, awesome content. March 4th, looking forward to that. So besides that, that is what we have done. Let's go back to the discussion about you guys being special since you do own Nissans. Um, 
And we really want to point out that Nissan has dropped the 400Z uh, right around the corner here. Uh, and there's quite a bit of talk. And so, Lenny, you want to lead off this discussion, kind of give me an outline of what makes this Nissan Z cool, and then I'm going to kind of poke questions at it, and we'll carry on from there. Well, yeah, I, I was watching this YouTuber, car YouTuber over the weekend. He was at a auto show, I suppose. I forget now what name it was, but the new Z was out there, and there was a Nissan North America spokeswoman. Um, they're talking about it in detail, um, over the new Z and it kind of caught my intrigue because I think that was the first time that like Nissan had really let uh, people like see the interior and the engine bay and like feel it, sit in it and turn on the car or whatnot. And so like, I found that pretty um, interesting and yeah, I thought we, we should talk about it because um, everybody's talking about it. And I think we, we deserve a, a, a shot at it. Okay. So and so um, talking yeah. about this car, I've I've There's a done lot of the chatter Z. about it. There is. Now I now I've I've obviously driven the Z and GT. Um but as a car newbie, I kind of knew what the skyline was um in the back collective non-car person. But the Z's kind of new to me. So so why wouldn't I just buy a GTR instead of getting this this Z from Nissan? Same company. What's really the difference is there? Well, on, well on first, what, what makes it cool? I, if you're going to directly compare a Z to a GTR, that's, uh, I think, a whole different discussion. Okay. Um, because they're two different market segments primarily. Yes. But, like, this this new Z um, is kind of like a revitalization, if you will, of the old-style bodywork of the popular uh, S30 chassis. Uh, if you want to look that up. I it's totally like. Uh, I've actually yeah, it's from watched the 70s, 60s, 70s. I think well, Nissan actually on. dropped a thing about it where it's a combination of a lot of different retro chassis on this particular Z. Well, which hold I on. Think is cool. Not to get ahead of ourselves, though, but to answer your direct question. Is, what makes it cool? Well, not, not just what makes it cool, but like what, it is, <laughs> what it is. Like, like we get. You sure. Mean, you got, I mean, Nissan is a, you know, billion dollar worldwide corporation, right? So, what is the Z? What the Z is is the it's not quite entry level it's like a step over entry level I call it like a mid-level sports car whereas the gtr is a high-end sport to quasi supercar it's an affordable supercar so the type of cars that these two vehicles are going to box with you know the gtr is going to be taken out is going to be going after your Ferraris, your Porsches, your ZR1 or Z06 Corvettes. Midnight Club style. Okay. Uh, no, not even. Like like Monticello Drivers Club style. Uh, country <laughs> okay. Club, okay. you know. Um, but it's also going to be the flagship Halo car for competition, right? Your high-end, your Super GT, your Rolex Cup, your, you know, that type yep. of stuff. That's all going to be based on the GTR. That's the flagship. The Z is your everyday like if you have a job and maybe you're willing to make a couple sacrifices you can afford this and it's going to be fast it's your every man's sports car yeah it's going to be fast it's going to be fun um it's going to give you all the thrills that you need type of car so they're they're two different uh, kind of markets something i would buy yeah yeah i'd 100%. be a z owner yeah i'd be a z owner yeah, you guys are gtr owners well right? here's the More thing here's the thing though these this discussion like z versus gtr 
was a lot more complex back in the 90s because the Z32 made like the same horsepower as the GTR did. Right. And there were some arguments about like a little bit lighter rear wheel drive versus heavier four wheel drive and blah, 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 blah. So it was more complex back then. But nowadays, it's pretty clear like the market segments and what they're going after. You know, right. you're going to see the 400Z in HPDE, high performance driving event, aka an open track day. You're going to see sure. the Z in autocross. You're going to see the Z in the Clubman level c- track events and the D1 tip- drifting. Yeah, D1 drifting is probably going to be a big one because the rear wheel drive. Uh, right. You're going to see it in enthusiast grade motorsports. You're going to see the GTR in Halo level motorsports. Okay. So that's the purpose. That's the big difference between those two. So what makes the Z cool? Like what? What makes it as a Honda boy, right? You're you're talking the forty thousand price range your MSRP. Yeah, but I mean, you got a V6 twin turbo rear wheel drive config with a six speed manual, not you know a auto synchro gear or CVT whatever. CVTs, yeah, all are all the rage. It does um, have a six-speed manual option, which I think it's just one of its biggest selling points, especially yeah. Uh, yeah. right now with everybody uh, not really making any more manuals and everybody, you know, hashtag save the manuals. And I'll dial into that later when we cross-compare this to the car that we want to cross-compare it to here. But I mean, yeah, it's three. It's a three-liter V6 twin-turbo. Uh, Nissan says it makes 400 horsepower with the rear wheels. I mean, it, it's... It's pretty bang for your buck, especially, you know, in the 40 to 45, <clears throat> excuse me, 45K range. Okay. So front engine rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the base model is going to be about 40. Once you option it out, it's probably going to get closer to 60. If you get like all the business, you know, the big all brakes. All the business. And the, I the think ice. Nissan says like a, a well-equipped one is like 45, 47. So I mean, really? it's, not, it's not bad. I thought it'd be over 50. Okay. But, okay. But, you I know, mean, all the dealerships are going to mark them up, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. because that's what they do nowadays. Well, so you won't get one over modern era, or anything. Modern era buying a car is quite difficult, folks. Look, I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm excited about it. Okay. Why are you excited, John? Because it's your soapbox. Effing beautiful. Okay. It is a nice looking car. It is. They did a very good job. Like, it's such a good looking car. And I don't know if I can go on about how pretty it is without talking about the Supra. And I don't know if we want to get into that just yet. But yeah, like, we can. Let's get into it. Well, so I mean, that's the, yeah, that's the obvious competition, right? They're within. I'm upset that we haven't included the Type R in here. By the way, it's not in the same class. So there's nothing. Same price point. Mm. Type, R. type R nowadays is $38,000, folks. That's not, that's not, we're talking somewhere in the 40, 45, 47 uh, range. Nissan Z cost is $30,000, folks. These guys are Honda. What are you talking about, bro? The new Z cost thirty grand. Really? 2020 Nissan Z370Z is $30,000. No, 370. Supra, oh, yes. Okay, yeah. You're talking about the 370. The we're talking about the 400Z. 2022 Supra is 43000 and my beloved Type R's are thirty-eight thousand. We're in the same price point, boys. Where are you going to get a base Supra for forty-three? The last I, time I saw one at the dealership, it was for a hundred. I'm not. I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm not most... talking twenty-twenty-two price up up rise. I'm just saying. 
Well, we we live in a realistic world here. We, not, we, we can't be no, you don't. talking about MSRP. Owners. You don't live in a realistic world. <laughs> <laughs> um, you wouldn't laugh if it wasn't true. I'm just saying. No, right, here's, so, here's, the, no, the Ryan, classic look, comparison. Hold on. Not wrong. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Ryan, here's the deal. Here's the deal. These cars are right, within 100 pounds of each other. They both have turbo six-cylinder engines. They're both rear-wheel drive. They're both based yes. on Japanese Halo sports cars. They, yes. There are no like the only other place in the market where you see this type of parity is Camaro versus Mustang. Correct, and Whereas, that's that's why I agree. I just wanted to bring up the Type R. It's close, but it's different enough. And this is a type of car that is traditionally throughout all chassis codes, because the Civic has evolved to hit this right. But pretty much through the whole history of Z versus Supra, these have been more or less aligned. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I well, would say so. I would say in days gone by, the Supra was maybe kind of you know the Supra was more fighting with the GTR and the NSX and stuff like that, and the Z was kind of the second tier. Nowadays, I would say as they're configured, they are definitely like peer level cars. Um, but the thing about here's the thing about them for me is the z is i'll go back to my point classically gorgeous the the there's no the whole body is like a line it doesn't break it 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 oh, has I, a yeah it has a swoop a sweeping <laughs> line across the hood and then it pops up for the the greenhouse or the cabin if you will and then it slopes back and the sides are just clean. And it's just got like a nice slight Coke bottle shape where the wheel arches flare out a little bit. And like, it is just a classic sports car with minimal bullshit. By contrast, the Supra is a fucking mess. It is fake scoops that don't do anything and weird body lines and just random like here's a strake and here's a thing and this is some stuff in the wind and i don't even know what the hell that's supposed to be and i don't know what its mouth is doing it kind of looks like a predator got half its face blown off and made love to a catfish i don't even know what's going on there uh, wow we know what camp johnson said <laughs> i i mean the z is just at least such... for the chassis at least for the chassis Wait, Personally, I, li- I like the way the Supra, the Supra looks. The so Supra. I. I like both. <laughs> the, Z, the Supra doesn't exist. Supra. It's, it's in your head, Leonard. Okay, so, John, hold on one second here. How many Zs have you owned? Uh, I've actually never owned a Z. So this is what confuses me because you've owned a show. You've owned. So I, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Why have you not bought a Z? You hold on a second. Like, the, here's I've the deal. never heard you so excited about a car. No, here's the deal. The number of cars that I have played with and worked on and and been like heavily involved with is like triple the number of cars that I have actually personally owned a title to. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like I've done full out like pull the engine out and rebuild an engine on a z32 which i don't recommend oh. anyone ever don't do. do that do not do that that's awful the worst cars awful. to work on you thought a gtr was hard to work on z32 can go to hell basically the same thing you might as well drop the motor for anything yeah but uh but yeah i've never actually owned a z i came within a breath of of buying an old 280 that was all original and gorgeous but that's when i got my rx7 but um I actually test drove. A, I test drove a 280 and almost bought it. But uh, you know, can I just say something else about the Z32? What's that? Um, while while I have that thought, 
one of our listeners on Twitter actually reached out to me. He owns a twin turbo uh, Z32, and he said Very that nice. uh, he deleted a lot of the stuff, which I, I assume like ABS and other other things are relocated it, and so like it's not so hard to work on now um, in within the engine bay, John. So there, I guess there is a solution, or you know, the Z community has found a solution to that. Um, well, yeah, it's good to know the aftermarket. So turbo, is that going to be a problem? Help a lot. Ah, uh, yeah, it, I'm sure that is that going to be a problem then on this 400Z? Yes, it's beautiful with the chassis, but like engine wise, comparatively to the Supra, and this I'm going to get back into this. Like for me, Toyota's got a lot of power. Uh, what's the specs on the engine there, Lenny? Uh, so the Supra comes in two different engine specs, uh, engine okay. packages. One's the two-liter inline-four turbo uh, that makes around 250 horsepower, and the other one's the uh, three-liter inline-six turbo, and uh, that makes around 382. So we should probably um, talk about the inline-six because otherwise we're still dabbling back into my beautiful Type R's. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, uh, and I've been a passenger in the new. I think it was the 2021 Supra. It was a special edition. That, yeah. The one with How the nice blue. It was. It's very nice, and I have to say, I realize that most of it is BMW, but it has very good finish for even for that. Um, well, that, that really. Now, that's probably the first thing that I saw. BMWs have good fit and finish, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's to so be the, expected. We, we still need to have our BMW episode of the people that drive BMWs versus the actual. <laughs> how good bmw cars are versus the people that drive them. what do bmw drivers and prius drivers have in common what's that uh they don't use your turn signals to yeah for sure uh, amongst many uh, other things well, yeah anyway i digress uh so like i was a uh, co-worker of mine he has one and he was kind enough to let me go for a ride in it and he gave it the juice a little bit um and it's very quick uh and i have to say with the auto that it's only offered in so there's no manual option in the new supra uh it and that in the three liter uh turbo it's super quick i would say for for 380 horsepower very very impressive i would i would argue here's the thing i love manual i've owned multiple manual cars i have driven a copious amount of semi-automatic and automatic cars I love manual. It's fun. You feel out the car. I love doing semi-auto. It's a feel of the car. But if you actually want to go fast in modern times, automatic's the way to go. 100%. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. (laughs) It's insane. But this goes back to my point about Marcus segment. Neither of these cars are ever going to set a lap record. That's just not what they do. And that's what confuses me. What's that? What confuses you? Is that like... If I want to go fast and do lap times locally in this, you, I'm not doing Halo, right? What do you say I'm doing? Enthusiast level stuff, right? And so, like, for me, that tells me I'm going to try to set local lap times with these cards, right? For the Z owners that are manual have a callback to the era of owning a manual before or think that they can get through corners a little bit quicker with the manual. But ultimately, especially in tracks and circuits that have straights, the super is going to dominate an automatic. Because if it's set up properly, you don't even need throttle control. You can just zero lift it. You just blip. <laughs> well, 
Oh, well, right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you make a point there. Yeah. I mean, it makes it easier. Sure. A hundred percent. And if I wanted to set a record or if I wanted to beat my friends or whatever, then I would want an automated manual. But if I'm paying 40 to 50 grand to scare myself, I want the engagement of a stick and a third pedal. That's it's slower. Yes, but it is more fun. So at that point, it's more about, you know, drive, driving, it's feeling the experience, right? The experience. So that would and be the other point. Yeah. I'm never going to buy a $50,000 sports car for metrics. <laughs> I don't care because the numbers you aren't don't good. Well, you're not going to notice it. You can't feel it. You can't tell. Okay. It's half a second quicker to 60. Who cares? Like it's right. It's about the way it makes me feel because when you buy one of yeah. these $50,000 cars that is absolutely mollywopped by any $100,000 sports car, like you're never you're never going to be as fast or as good as they are. So you might as well just have a good effing time. And in my opinion, a manual is a better time, which is another thing that the Z just smack like the Supra. Look, it's a good chassis. I know I shit on its looks, but it's a great chassis. It's well balanced. It makes yeah. it accelerates far too fast for a 380 horsepower car. I have no idea how that car is as fast as it is with that amount of yeah. power. Um, so it's awesome, but like that transmission kind of kills it for me because for that car, I want to shift my own gears. So I, ha- this I is- have to say <sighs> in the, in the passenger and as a passenger in that car, as he, as he gave it the goose, uh, and yeah. a few times, like it, I, all I could say, was like, Oh wow, it's quick. And like, I could see the speedometer go up and how quick it was like, Oh wow, that's really quick. But then I thought back to, you know, driving my GTR, which is, has more power, but pro- is probably slower than that, that Supra in all aspects. Interesting. Um, just because of the automatic transmission, like I'm not as good as a machine. Will never yeah. be. But like I, th- I thought that my car was quicker in that moment. Like uh it feels faster. quicker. It, fa- it, it fel- feels it fel- feels faster. Right. It like it feels right. fast versus the super feeling quick. That makes it. Sure. You can make that decision. Absolutely does. So I mean. And, and that's the thing, like, if if you've ever driven a manual versus an automatic, right, <coughs> even when I'm doing a semi-automatic with the paddles, I'm mostly doing it for the feel of shifting. Oh, yeah, I'm controlling the shift of it. Mm-hmm. It's probably 100% faster if I just leave it automatic in, like, say, the 330i, right? It feels cooler for me to do it with, with the paddles and shift like I'm doing my sim rig. But realistically, it's probably faster if I just keep it in auto and floor it. It'll shift yeah. for me. CVT transmissions save a lot of that problem because it can keep the rotations as it transitions through the gears, right? It's it's crazy. And we need an episode on CVTs for sure. Um, so for me, it sounds like the Nissan's a really cool-looking chassis, especially to John, and has the manual option. Uh, and it's a feel. And its interior is really nice, too, if you look at the interior shots that it has. Sorry. I, yeah, I've seen them. No, I, like I said, I watched the Nissan's like marketing pitch on this vehicle and how it's like retroed out, but like new stuff at the same time, which is a pretty common theme. I mean, and the Supra for me was sick. Like when, as a car noob getting into cars, like how do I become a Nissan fanboy versus Toyota versus Honda, right? And this, the Type R does fit into this category in a way because it's close to 40000 It does have manual and automatic Just choices. Got to plug that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to. You guys You guys kept brought in this. Three cars. We could have each brought one. 
uh, Top it's not Gear the, style. It's not even the same. It's not even but the same. But it's a class. feel. But it's not. Here's the thing. You guys just told me that any $100,000 sports car is going to spank it, but it's True. the feel. You're it's not the wrong. feel. You're not wrong. So for it, me. Yeah, and um, a manual Porsche feels Honda. faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you're looking at like mid market. Thirty to fifty thousand dollar JDM Japanese cars, right? Sorry, I used JDM wrong. Um, this is what people are going to buy, and if you're looking at every brand you can buy from Japan, that's what you're going to get. But for me, the Supra, these are both the differences. For me, is more of drivetrain, like rear wheel drive is not a thing that Honda dabbles with very often. So we'll go back to the Supra and the Nissan. Very different looks, right? For me, it is like a Mustang versus a Corvette. The Corvette is way sexier and just pops every time you see it, kind of like uh, the Nissan does. Where, it, you know, the Supra is kind of like a line like that, whereas the, the Nissan's more boxy-ish, um, but has a really great curves. Which one do you so, like better? Me? I don't know. As as a non-knowing anything really, and just looking at it, yeah, just just by looks alone. I looks alone. The Nissan is beautiful, but the Super pops more. But I'd probably go with the Nissan because I agree with John. Yes, I agree with John because why are those curves there? And I don't think they aerodynamically. Like as an F one enthusiast, I'm like, do you really need those? Are those no. just like fake? <laughs> are those real arrow or are those like legit arrow? And but- like, I'd have to believe that most of it is fake arrow for the pop. And I really like the smooth of Dude, the Nissan. The, it is. The, the, it is smooth. The it's, Nissan's it's body lines are every classically beautiful mm-hmm. car design element. With like, like back in so the good. back in the '60s when they didn't do aero and safety and stuff, and they just made cars beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like the Nissan has that, right? Like the center of gravity of the car is. Uh, appears to be about two thirds of the way back, right? Like the hood yep. is about a third of the car. Like it, you, like the rear haunches are a little bit heavier looking than the front. Like it's proportionally perfect. I can't. I, I know I'm like fangirling this. It's so good. It's they so good. nailed the styling so hard. I haven't seen a I love car the grill. nail it. Yeah, um, the grill is just straight up rectangle. The eyelids are perfect. The 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 lights. I mean, it's the jury's still out. I think for most of the internet on the grill in the front. I think I like it. I, I think like most it. of the it's internet awesome. likes uh, the prototype a little bit better. But who doesn't like the prototype concept better yeah. than the? Production? I uh, I like it. It's it's a beautiful car. So you know, to bring this thing. full circle, how long, John? How long? How long do you think it's going to take until someone slaps uh, overfitter kit on it? <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> 15 and a half minutes. Yeah. And how, how long until somebody else swaps it? Uh, a couple years. A couple uh, years. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like that's, it's, that's outdated at this point. There's got to be a better engine like a K engine or something that people can throw in their cars. A lot of K24s. That's like, that is a popular swap. And it a is. big turbo slapped onto it. That's the thing. For sure. Well, that's our general discussion we've muddled about on the Nissan versus Supra. Let us know what you think is cooler. Uh, we'll be on you know, zero lift podcast on Instagram and Twitter. 
Uh, either one you can shout out to us or leave us a, a comment on our actual podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So, John, uh, you've taken away here for this 20 questions. Uh, explain it, what our show is driving. I f- definitely messed this up last time, uh, two episodes ago. Never doing uh, it again. I will definitely do it again. I never never do it again. The one rule here is John cannot pick a car we cannot buy. Uh, If you want to listen to cars you can't buy that are awesome. That's episode at the very least. Look, we did an episode on this on concept (laughs) cars last week. If you can check those out. Uh, So the one rule is that John has to pick a car we can buy in modern era, much like the upcoming 400Z and the A90 Super. So, John, take it away. Okay. So what I wish I was driving, this is a segment where I pick a car. Ryan and Lenny have 20 yes or no questions to guess what the car is. Uh, they can only be yes or no questions, and if they guess the incorrect, they can only guess the car once. So if they guess the incorrect car early, the game is automatically over. So, um, also for this particular car, you don't need to guess a generation um, yes. or a trim. And uh, yes. yeah, with that, let the can question... I hear the the hint again? What's the hint? Car breaks tradition. Car breaks tradition. That's that's the uh, that's the hint, correct, John? Uh, yes, it does. It does indeed break with tradition. John, is this car rear wheel drive? Rear wheel drive. Height. That's yes for those that's who yes don't understand. For those who don't. <laughs> Japanese <laughs> jinx. <laughs> you owe me a set of tires. Ah, I just made that rule. That's way expensive. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's the penance. That's the, that's uh, the for, for your anyway. Lexus or the GTR? For the GTR. Oh, f- no, thank you. Those so are cheap. Don't worry. Come on. Are they really? Well, we got All right, next like $1,000, yeah. Japanese? Uh, is this car Japanese? Uh, is this car Japanese? No. Is this car American? American, yes. Ooh, okay. America. Does this car have a V8? V8. Yes. That is an American car for sure. Is it naturally aspirated? Is it naturally aspirated? Yes. Man, it's like you guys know me. No supercharge. No supercharge. All right, let's go. Let's go. What sort of dumb car has John picked that he's tried to fix on in the past? So dumb. Is it a Buick? Is it a (laughs) Buick? Are you asking that because of our fours around? Yes. I'm so glad I did not pick a Buick. No, it is not. <laughs> we recently Can played the most no, cars. <laughs> we recently did a toge race in Forza Horizon 5 and I was big pimping in Old Grand National. And I was very <laughs> enthusiastic about it. Yeah. God, uh, I like how you love very like these 400Zs and like Ferraris and like Italian <clears> stuff. You also pick the dumpiest ship boxes of like American style and like across the board. It's, Hold on, is a this second. a Ford? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Pause. If you ever call a Grand National dumpy again, I will come through <laughs> the internet and choke you. Anyway, wow. Um, come to this... O Town and find me. You know where I live. I do. You know where I live. Is this a Ford? Yes, it is. Okay, it's a Ford V8. Uh, is this a Mustang? That's... Is this a Mustang? Yes. Oh man. John, no wonder you couldn't give us any hints. You'd give it away. Okay, so... I mean, if I would have said coming to a crowd near you, then it would have kind of... <laughs> <laughs> so it's a Mustang that breaks tradition. 
And so, like, uh, breaks tradition can mean two things. It could mean it doesn't break or it breaks a lot. Which is must? <laughs> what what are Mustangs known for? Are they known to break, Ryan? I I mean, yes. Well, no, Fords don't break. That's that's one of their memes, right? Uh, and I also want to know, it can't be the GT90 because you can't buy that car. <laughs> well, it's also not a Mustang, so. Yeah, that's fair. Shelby, uh, Shelby <laughs> Mustangs. Um, oh. John, is this a Shelby car? Shit. Yes. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Lenny, you know I nail it every time helping out on these questions. Damn, that was... That's a. I'm clutch, boys. Three point shot right there. I'm clutch in the corner. No, I was actually all day. I was actually worried because obviously, if it was a normal Mustang, you would need to guess the generation. And I told you at the start you didn't. And so when you said, "Is it a Mustang?" and I said, "Yes," I was waiting for you guys to be like, "What the f?" Uh, (laughs) No, I stayed cool, calm, and collected because I know there's more. You just kicked out from the top to me in the corner, dude. It's fine. Do some pick and roll. Kick to the corner. I got clutch all day. Okay, so this Shelby Mustang breaks traditions. That feels like 80s. 80 breaks traditions. John, is this car during the 80s? No. Okay. Did this car race Le Mans, John? Ooh. It's a strange look. I honestly don't know. I will tell you, this is a freebie. I'm not counting this as a question, but I will tell you the philosophy and use case of this car is such that it maybe could have, but I have no idea if it actually did. Interesting. Hmm. I'm sure I... But we, we can buy this car, so it's got to be some sort of production run. I mean, you could buy a original Shelby Cobra and you could buy buy one new at one time so yeah I'm thinking this is the there wasn't many of them probably Daytona the Shelby Cobra Daytona I'm thinking Ryan I don't know why I just some some we need to narrow this down with does this have a snake affiliation Lenny or something goofy like that those are the questions I like to ask oh yeah sure go go for it John, does this have an affiliation with the Cobra? Um, okay. Is it affiliated with a snake or a Cobra of some kind? Uh, look, I'm going to have to say kind of. Ooh. Mm. And that actually is a valid answer. Mm. Does that help you out, Lenny? I think so. Because it's this breaks from tradition, so maybe it's snakeish, but not snakeish. Oh man, John, was this car built in the '60s? Was this car built in the '60s? No. Hmm. All right, so we got '60s, no '80s, no. Shelby did stuff all the way till like what 2000. Till he died. Yeah. Yeah, forever. Because the man's a masterwork. <sighs> oh. Ooh, that did something to you. Okay, what do we got, Johnny? Explain. Explain for the folks at home. John, does this Mustang have GT in its name? Does this Mustang have the letters G and T in its name? Yes. Lenny, what... Is this a more track-oriented... 
Going again. Mustang? Is this a more tracking-oriented car? Yes, it is. Huh. All right, Lenny. Where are you going with this? Help me. Catch me up. Catch, uh, catch myself and the folks at home up on where you're at on this train of thought. So right before uh, Shelby passed away, it was rumored that he was working, or that he, well, he was working, or at least Shelby, the company was, with Ford to make a new track-focused um, Mustang. It was the GT350 that we... Okay. Uh, that they have out now, and which is um, a more track-oriented car. And I could see why John didn't say yes or no to the Le Mans question, because I guess it could uh, be built up for a Le Mans kind of car. And the kind of on the snake? Kind of on the snake? Yeah, I don't, now I don't know if it had uh cobra or super snake or anything of those name affiliations i think it was just the shelby gt350 right you guys i'm screaming at my microphone in my head but as the host of this game i can't say anything <laughs> interesting so we need, do we so need that's where i'm at with a multiple choice question here lenny we're past 10 we're in the 15 so we can do multiple choice john does this mustang have a Questionably, questionable looking wing. Define questionable. <laughs> yeah, for real. It doesn't look good at first glance. Uh, Ooh, that's also uh, still arguably a questionable I... thing, but okay. Is that not uh, sub- objective enough? I mean, I no, because John likes it. John. John's got a weird taste in things. Look, on, is the is the, the wing on this right. Mustang low slung? Is it a low-slung wing? Yes. Hmm. And to be subjective, I personally think it looks quite good, but that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, but again, you don't like the Supra, which I sort of agree with you. I think this is the GT350. Okay, John, does this car have 350 in its name? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too... That's you, that's gaming the system too hard. You already asked if it had GT. <laughs> I am a meta gamer. No, dude. we can't. We can't. We can't be like. Okay. Is the model of okay. this car start with the letter J? I think. Like, I think I was pushing it with GT. That's yeah, but there's fair. enough that's Mustang GTs out there that I let that one slide. All right. Well, right. I'm. I'm. I'm, I a, that was I'm the, a D&D gamer that meta games to the death of things, man. You guys, there so is. I'm gonna meta game until you call me. John, is this the Shelby? Mustang GT350. Shelby Mustang GT350. Yes, you guys got it. Nailed it. 16 <laughs> questions. This is the Shelby Mustang GT350, my personal favorite Mustang ever made and probably the only Mustang I would seriously consider buying. Um surprise you guys didn't ask cuz it breaks with tradition because it's the only American flat plane crankshaft V8 ever built. I don't know what that means. So what uh, I'm not going to get into the science nerd shit about what a flat plane versus a cross plane crankshaft is, but it's basically the reason why Ferrari V8s and American V8s sound nothing alike. And oh, gotcha. Okay. This thing sounds Follow. like it's a Mustang that sounds like a Ferrari. It revs to like something absurd, like 8,500 RPMs, and it makes 520 naturally aspirated horsey powers, and it has carbon fiber wheels. It's, so this is the 2019 Mustang Shelby GT350. I mean, it could be any of those years. And technically, only the R model had the carbon fiber. But uh, uh, I, I didn't know there was an R model. I figured there was. 
something. Oh, the R is like more track. That's it's, a nice looking Mustang, man. It's so it's nasty. Like it's dirt McGirt nasty. That is classic. Nice Mustang, job, but done different. Nice job getting it early. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was on. I was on it. I think you know, a little speaking earlier of there. Ford, in case you guys were wondering, they are making a Ford F one fifty EV Lightning uh, that I'm really you hype about. Shut your whore mouth! Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, you hey, don't be hyped about it somewhere else. Hey, everybody no, on everybody on Twitter wants Ryan to never talk about an electric truck again. Say hey. But here's the thing: there's we're gonna have <clears> an episode on this. For, <laughs> we're gonna have an episode on this for good reason because it's the social change that is important. That is, that is what matters, right? Hardcore th- car enthusiasts and people that understand cars and petrol and, and understanding changing gas styles and hybrid electric, sure. But you're modern man. We need to have a conversation about EV and trucks. It's very important because that's car culture going forward, folks. Just saying. Mm, all right. Future episode. So, begrudgingly, I'll, I'll agree to that. Yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> exactly. As long so as you never talk another... about it on another episode besides that yeah. one. We'll, we'll have right. to do it for the one. As, as long as we one off it, I will never bring it up again and tell that I'm trolling you folks. Deal. Uh, and it's recorded. I'm, I'm agreeing to it. Yep. Yeah, we got it. Okay, perfect. So that's been our episode <laughs> on the Nissan 400Z coming out, why it looks better than the Supra, and why it's a better enjoyable experience having a manual. But Supras are still good. Go get one if you want to, if you got the money for it. Uh You've been here with Lenny. Yeah, I took home another W. I just want to point that out. You can reach out sure to me did. on Twitter <laughs> at Mr. Zero Lift. Mr. Zero Lift has the most W's on what I wish I was driving, all things in Fuck city. yeah. Uh, and then we've got Mr. Soapbox, John himself. You've heard enough from me. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Man of the People over here telling you, hey, hit us up. Like, comment, subscribe on our Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to us on. Just give us some information. Let us know what you want to hear uh, for us to ramble on about and get laughs in our style. And we appreciate you. So keep it pinned, and we'll catch you next time.